so before before we sing this I just want to let you guys know that it says in the word that uh, if we don't cry out he will make the rocks and the trees cry out and what we're about to sing all the earth will shout your praise before we sing this let's let that come from a place in us that hey I'm not going to have no rock outdo me what would it be like if there was a church full of people trying to outdo each other in, in uh, worship? This isn't performance. I'm not talking about outperforming one another. I'm saying what's in you, let it come out of you this morning. What is in you passionately about Jesus, let it come out of you this morning. Let it come out of you when we sing this. Amen? Let's do this. It's debilitating. Stealing your joy. It's killing you. It's ripping your heart out. We're going to sing this chorus again. And I want you from that place, not a place of sorrow or pain, I'm not saying that, from a place of being desperate for Jesus in this moment. From a place of being desperate for Jesus to come into that area of your life and resurrect you. That the breath that comes out of your lungs while we sing this next next portion of the song you want the Lord to, to heal you you want him to go into that situ that place of your life and say to that little boy and that little girl get up get up off your face it's okay to live it's okay to walk it's okay to run and be happy and to, to everything that is good let's just say that amen let's sing this again to the Lord you guys sound so amazing I don't want to miss out on this moment let's go ahead on Jared. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing.
doing in this moment, Lord, there's not a single thing in this world that can replace being close to you. There's not a single thing in this world that will fill us up the way that you will, the way that your spirit will, that way being, uh, the way that being in close proximity with you will fill us up. And Lord, we try so hard to dump all kinds of things in that God-shaped void that we have in our life and nothing works, not a single thing. And I praise your name that, it's, that it works that way. That I am insufficient apart from you. But Lord, there's, there's pain, there's, there's things in this, this room that need to be healed today. And Lord, when we let you fill us up, it takes what, what's ever in that hole and it rises it to the top. Just like a pool getting filled up and then it overflows. And then before you know it, there's nothing but pure water coming out. Lord, that's what you want in us. Everything that we've dumped into this hole that is not you, we let you fill us up, Lord. At some point, it's all gone. And we are operating out of the overflow. This morning, I pray that for this congregation, for these people. Lord, that we operate out of the overflow this morning. That we catch more of the gospel, more of who you are. Father, be in this room. We want more. We know that you're here. Yes, Jesus. Open our hearts, Father. You're doing something right now, Lord. Yes, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. We need more of you. Be here. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. You guys can be seated. Let's just give God a clap offering for that this morning. Look that. Man. Was that not good? Sometimes you just need to worship, right? Sometimes you just need to do it. This morning, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for being here. Um, you could have spent your time anywhere else, but you have chosen to be here with us this morning. And for that, I'm grateful. I say that every Sunday, but I'll never get sick of saying that because I truly am grateful to see every single one of you guys. Um, it's a privilege to be able to break down the Word and jump into the Word with you and experience the Holy Spirit. Um, sometimes worship allows things to just swell. And... It gets bigger, then it dies down just a little bit, then it gets a little bit bigger, and before you know it, we're all, we all got our hands in the air, face flat on the carpet, you know, getting carpet dust, sneezing, all kinds of whatever. And it's good because that's church. Church isn't, you guys hear me say this all the time, coming in and listening to some crazy, crazy guy give you his opinions. Now see, it's about experiencing Jesus. And this morning, that's what I want. That's what, that's what we all should want for each other, uh, is to experience Jesus. And so as we step into more this morning, I, I want to take a couple, couple minutes and just give you a little bit of a, uh, an update on where we are with this, this building. You heard from Tony that our work isn't necessarily done. But what I want to do is say, I am so proud of you guys that... The money that has been given, we've already come up with our first $50,000 of earnest money, which, yeah, give yourselves a hand for that. We have another 50 to get taken care of by the end of February. And you guys may be thinking, hey, that's a lot of money. Well, it's God's money. So he can make $1 look like a million. He can make a million look like one. And so I'm just saying, continue to do what you're doing. You guys are doing a phenomenal job. But we're getting to a place where we will finally be able to say in 25 years of ESS's existence, 
that we own a piece of property. We've never been able to say that. There's been times where we have no clue where we're going next. And now we're in a position to make this home. Uh, and so just whatever is in you, be motivated by the fact that this is what God is doing. Amen. He's giving this building to us, and we got to be good stewards of it. Amen? Yeah. So, hey, keep doing what you're doing. Proud of you. Let's stay on it. Uh, we are going to continue here in the book of Romans, and we're finishing up Paul's introduction, the first 17 verses of chapter 1. Now, it's taken us this long to get there. We're almost through February, which is crazy. We're almost through February. Um, but we're going to be looking at verses 16 and 17 this morning. I'm going to read those for you here in a second. Um, but I, these are the verses that I just really kind of couldn't wait to get to. Um, and I started off beginning of January, um, jumping into verse 8, honestly. And the Lord was like, hey, whoa, so, slow down, slow down now. I couldn't get past verse 1. A couple words in verse 1. And so now we're finally here to the end of this uh, introduction. And ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's, it's so potent and pure when it comes to this word right here. Unashamed. I'm going to read this text and then give you a little bit of context as to why that word is so potent in the time that Paul is speaking it. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Um, Gotta be in the right book, Alex. What's wrong with you? Here we go. So just these, these last two verses. And it should be up on the screen for you, but it says this. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith. As it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. To understand kind of the potency of that word saying, you know what, I'm unashamed. We have to realize Paul, what he did, verses 1 through 7, in rolling out the gospel. Basically, explaining the relationship that he has with Jesus, that Christ has with us, and that who the gospel is, Jesus Christ in and of himself. Then we see in verses 8 through 15, this horizontal relationship that is as a result of the vertical relationship. From verses 8 through 15, Paul's saying, look, I want to spend time with you. I want to come see you. So that we can rub shoulders and you can sharp, as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. So, he, what was eloquently placed out there for us last weekend, um, Beck was able to preach for me because my nose was running off my face. And you can kind of hear it just a little bit now. Sound like I'm talking through a pillow, but that's okay. Still preaching a word, all right? Yeah. Uh, Beck brought to us that, you know, Paul didn't go to Rome to say, you're not established, so let me establish you. It wasn't that. It was more so this, let me add to what's there. Let me take my gifting and just say, how can I help? Because I know that if I help you, you can help me. So what is, let me say it like this, there's, a, there's somewhat of a problem in the American church today when we walk into a church and expect the church to just pour into us and we're not giving back. Uh, I want you to be as concerned about the person next to you that you are about your own stuff. 
Amen. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Get outside of who you are and serve and, and give, and then guess what? The Lord gives it right back to you. I'll tell you, the times where I sit down and talk to people, and I don't give them me, I give them what Jesus is in me, I walk out of those meetings filled up more than anything. We can do that to each other. That's, that's kind of the way it's supposed to be. Paul is explaining this to his, uh, his brethren, pretty much who he hasn't seen yet. He hasn't made it to Rome. But he's saying, look, I have a serious passion to be around you. Are we passionate about each other? You guys hear me say, every single Sunday, we will be a family. It doesn't matter. That's what we're going to be good at. Uh, taking care of one another. And so that's, that's something that's very important to me. Uh, and then to see Paul do it in Scripture is great. We get to these, these two verses and he says, For I am unashamed. And you've got to understand something about that word in that, in that context in that time. Everybody know what Palm Sunday is? It's uh, the week before Easter. It's when Jesus made his entry into Jerusalem. People are screaming, Savior, Savior, He's the Messiah. Now there's two trains of thought in that time that He was the actual Messiah coming to save us. But then there was the other people who thought that He was basically the Savior or Messiah to, to, to come and save them from the tyranny of the government at the time. So there's, there's two trains of thought that... Um, they both have the same end result as this person being the one who's going to come save us, right? But that's neither here nor there because why? A week later, those very same people are doing what? Crucifying. They're coming out of their mouth with the word crucify. So here's a Jewish nation as we kind of read in the last part of verse 6. 16, excuse me. A Jewish nation who's responsible for giving the gospel, bringing the gospel. The Lord didn't make the Jews more special than any other race. He just said, I'm going to come through the bloodline of the Jews. But you know what they did? They accepted Him. He wasn't what they thought they were, so they crucified Him. Have you ever done that to Jesus in your life? You accept Him. He doesn't really show up the way you want Him to show up, and then all of a sudden you're pissed off at God. And that's kind of a, that's a biblical term. Okay? You guys are supposed to kind of laugh at that. Not really. So, he's speaking... Well, as Paul brings the gospel up and down the Mediterranean, he's also bringing it to Jews who have heard it before. And they've said, you know what? We don't really need that. So, my traditions, my, my sacrificing the old covenant, the old way that they used to do things, that's sufficient. That's, that's enough for me. We don't need this new Savior. You also have to understand that up and down the Mediterranean, there was a lot of philosophical thinking. Okay, so as Paul goes into these places, Corinth and you know, just up and down the Mediterranean, he's speaking to people who are very in their head, as like uh, Aristotle or um, um, Socrates or Plato, philosophical minds. Now, that would speak to the fact that people are saying, you know what, why would I need somebody who's going to nail themselves to a tree when I can just get myself through something in my thinking and come to an understanding that, here it is, I understand that I can wrap my head around. I can't wrap my head around somebody sacrificing their life for me, so I'm just going to put that to the side. Here's a different way to think. So Paul says, I'm unashamed. Because, or unashamed to a, to a culture, a lifestyle of people rejecting Jesus, 
Okay? You know what that is? That's man's righteousness. That's to the Jews. That's the example they give us in that. Then we have this, this way of thinking that is totally contrary to Jesus. That's man's reasoning. And here we have a letter that is being written to the superpower, the governmental superpower in the time, Rome. Now, I had to ask Beck if I was correct in saying that, that Rome was just top dog. They had power, they had influence, they had money, they could buy anything, they could do anything and everything that they wanted to. Why? Because they were the most powerful at the time. You know what that is? That's man's riches. Now let me go, let me step back one to man's reasoning. And let me say this. There is nothing about any of those three. Your righteousness, your reasoning, or your riches that can save you from your sin. You've you got to catch me when I say that. There is nothing you can do to save yourself. So there's no amount of thinking or mental gymnastics that I can put myself through to make myself feel better about something that I may have done about, it, about sin. It doesn't matter. Are you with me this morning, church? There is no amount of tradition in your life coming to church will not save you That's right. yeah. That's right. now there's people here we can help each other we can uh, go from house to house like it says in uh, Acts 2 41 through 47 and, and be an apostolic society that builds each other up builds each other up but you can't save yourself I can't save you I can't make things better in your life you know who can the gospel so Paul says, I'm unashamed of the only thing that will save me. Now let me ask you this question. Are you unashamed of the only thing that will take you out of that place that is killing you? Are you unashamed to talk about it? I mean, there's, there's times in my life where I have to throw my hand up and say, you know what? I am. And this was spoken to me earlier, and I got to say this. Uh, People say things to me, and I'm like, oh, it's preaching material. I'm going to use that. It was said that I'm unashamed in asking God to come and remedy my situation. Hey, Lord, please, 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 on my knees, facing the carpet. But then I'm ashamed of what He asks me to do afterwards. I'm ashamed of telling somebody else how great He is in my life. Oh, I want Him. I'm, I'm unashamed of that. Come on, Jesus, come on. Bless a brother. But I'm ashamed of living the life that shows that I've been transformed. Are you with me this morning? Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is? It is not you. It is not the gospel of Alex. It is not the gospel of Tony. It's not the gospel of Brooks. Are you guys with me this morning? I am not here to beat you up. So don't hear that from me. I'm just saying, man, this, this boy is saying he's unashamed in the face of cultural differences that are, that are massive. Why don't we be the same? Say, I'm unashamed in the midst of uh, being bombarded by the homosexual community. We're not supposed to hate the person. The Lord never says that. That doesn't mean we condone the, the lifestyle. But if that person were to show up to my house, I'd let him in. Yes. I'd preach the gospel to him, but I'd let him in. You know? 
I mean, I could go down the list. I don't want to take too much time on that one. But are you catching me this morning? Are you with me, church? And it says this. It says, For it is the power of God for salvation. And it's interesting. I would assume that Roman Rome thinks they know everything about power. Really. And he's saying, guess what? There's no amount of money in this world that can buy you salvation. Money can buy a lot of things. It can't buy happiness. It can't buy joy. And it cannot buy you a way into the kingdom. So he's speaking to a, a powerful government saying, hey, power of God is the way that you get in. For salvation to everyone who believes. Now, Personally, I was very convicted by the to everyone who believes. In the sense that he said, look son, if this isn't in you, don't preach it. Don't preach it. Don't say it. So I'm, I'm moving to a place where I'm trying not to have any notes whatsoever. Because he just said, hey brother, it's got to come out of you. Let me use you. Um, now, bless you. Now, uh, what this is communicating here is that for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone everyone get that word everyone who does one thing who believes you're telling me that that's it that's all I have to do all I have to do is just simply make a decision to say you know what you're it and I'm not and at that point, he says, I will take care of it. See, that to me is very, very, very simple. Uh, I said to the first service, I was getting a little nervous as, as far as how long the front end of service was taking because I didn't know if I was going to have enough time to preach all of what I needed to preach. And I got to the point where I was like, hey, this, this one might not take long because it doesn't need anything else. It's that simple. Being a follower of Christ... Being a Christian, I don't even like using that term, more so follower of Christ, it's easy. Guess who makes it hard? You and I. Oh, i got to have this, i got to do this, i got to go this way, and i climb this many ladder, rungs on the ladder, and the Lord's just saying, look, just believe for me. I'll take care of the rest. What would it look like for an entire congregation to do just that? Let me encourage you this morning. All you have to do is believe right now. We paused to worship some more because the Lord's getting at some deep things in us. He's going to do some healing today. All you have to do is believe that He can. And He's going to take care of it. See, it's one thing to sit in church and listen to a guy talk about it, but once you walk out into that world and it puts you in His mouth, chews you up and spits you out, then what? He's the only thing that we have. Amen? That's what Paul's saying he's unashamed about. I'm unashamed because I cannot survive without this. I'm praying that the Lord brings you to that realization now. Not like, hey, this week, tomorrow when you walk out, you will not have a success successful marriage without Jesus. You will not have a successful relationship without Jesus. A success, wow, a successful job without the gospel. 
let him define for you what success is. Yes. Amen. Amen. This next statement isn't one of superiority. It says to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I kind of touched on this earlier. It doesn't mean that Jews are somehow superior to anybody else. The Lord just said, here's the nation by which I'm going to present myself to the world. And I'm going to come through these people and let them be the example of how I treat my nation, my people, my children. Uh, if you guys were here for the, the book of Nehemiah, the Lord will allow you to experience what it's like to be without Him. And He'll do it in a gentlemanly fashion. Uh, but He will, he will he'll let you go there. So that you know what it's like when He's not in the room. And that's what He did with the, the, uh, the Israelites. The book of Nehemiah was about rebuilding this wall around Jerusalem. Them coming back to that point was, I mean, 70 years of exile. 70 years of saying, you know what? My righteousness is superior to yours. My reasoning is superior to yours. My riches are superior to yours. So all through the Word we see examples. Hey, look, when you side with yourself against God, it's not really the greatest outcome. But when you side with God against yourself, look out. There ain't nobody who can stop you from furthering the kingdom. Amen? Amen. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And this next part here it says, For in the righteousness, for in it, excuse me. And what is the it? The gospel. For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. What does that mean? The gospel in and of itself, ladies and gentlemen, is Jesus Christ dying for us for something that we could not pay for. So again, there's nothing you can do to get yourself to anywhere you need to be. It's all Jesus. So it's a total and complete uh, submission to Him, but cutting off of yourself. Luke 9.23, denying yourself. That's what the gospel is. It's just everything that isn't you and everything that is Jesus. So it's saying that for in everything that isn't you and everything that is Jesus, the righteousness of God is revealed. He has every right in the world to take you from this place now. To take me from this world right now because of my sin. But guess what? He doesn't do it. That's the righteousness of a man who has every right to do something but chooses not to. Why? Because he loves you so much you have no clue. No clue. But what does that word mean in the, in the Greek? And I tried to pronounce it last week, or excuse me, last, uh, last service, and I just couldn't because I have problems with pronouncing things sometimes. Bear with me. So I'm going to try this again. Uh, it's dakasena or something like that. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. All right? Probably totally and completely butchered that. But nonetheless, you guys have heard me speak about righteousness before. What does that word mean? It means that which is approved by God. That's what that, the translation of that word means. I want to be a righteous man. I want to live in a way that's approved by Him. He's already approved those actions. So let me just go do those actions. <laughs> Simple. But another uh, translation or uh, definition of that, as it's expanded, is a, a condition acceptable to God. 
Let me ask you this, or let me say this to you. The most acceptable condition to the Lord is one where you're not on the throne of your life. Because that's, right. that's what the gospel is. It says, for in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed the most, um, what did I say, condition capable, uh, excuse me, condition acceptable to God is when you are operating in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why do I keep saying the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because again, ladies and gentlemen, it's not a gospel of Alex Square. It's not the gospel of self. The more times you can say the gospel of Jesus Christ, hey, say it. Because that's where it's at. Amen? Amen. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And then it says, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. He's saying to us, with this word righteous and understanding what the context, the definition of this word is, that the condition acceptable to God for me to live out of and from is one of complete submission, but also by faith. You guys have heard me preach about what faith is. Substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Just because it's not in front of me doesn't mean that it's not real. We see the effects of the wind, okay? But that does, does it mean the wind's not real? Just because we can't see it? No. Jesus is as real today as he was when he was walking this earth. Faith, then what comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. Now this gets right at man's reasoning. I want to be so clear with you this morning. As, it's going to, this is not really a technical term, but as heady as we are, in this society. We just have got to process everything and understand everything and learn everything uh, before we step into it. Um, your reasoning will end up putting you further away from the Lord than just simply stepping in. He's not saying to not be a thinker. Uh, part of Beck's Gifting as a teacher is to take thinkers and make them believers and take believers and make them thinkers. He wants you to be a thinker, but He doesn't want you to think yourself out of a relationship with Him. Amen. And we do that every single day. Live by faith and not by reason. Not by my righteousness. And you guys know this one. You can't buy your way into heaven. No, you can't. No, you can't. So He says... I'm unashamed of all of that. I don't know how else to say it to you this morning. There's a... There's a place in your heart that you, could, you keep visiting. You revisit it. And it's, it's one that... Uh, if you could just get over this one thing... If you just get past this one thing, you would be, ah, man, I don't even know how to say this. I'm trying not to like break down while I'm saying it. <laughs> you would be so influential, you wouldn't process things through the, the filter of fear or unworthiness or doubt or I can't do this. There's this one thing. I don't know what it is for you. I'm asking the Lord to show you what that is right now. Because He wants to get at that. 
today. I don't know what it's going to look like. I said this to the first service. It could be you just bowing your head in your pew. Could be coming up to the altar. But what I do know is what I've seen in verses 1 through 17. Paul explained the remedy to our problems. Which is what? The gospel. And then he speaks about a relationship with these people that he's fervent about. Now, the reason I say that is that it'd be one thing, and you heard me say this before, it'd be one thing for me to say I'm going to pray for you. It'd be another thing for me to do it right now. So I believe so much that this morning the Lord wants to do that. That the body can take care of the body. Uh, that's church, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, church is not a band, announcements, and a preacher. Church is everyone together doing this thing together. Amen? Amen. Um, so let me, as we close here, we get the worship team to come back up or come back out. I don't know if they're back there. And the, uh, let's get ready for our offering as we start to close. And I just want you to get prepared for what the Lord wants to, just what He wants to do with you today. Uh, I'm going to have Beck come up here. Tony. Uh, Mom. Vicki. Uh, Veronica, can I have you come up here, please? Veronica Arnold. You stay there just for a second. Okay? Now let's come up here. Let's, uh, let's do this offering right quick. You guys catch that word this morning? I mean, yes, no, amen, no, amen. It'd be weird to hear you say no, amen. That's weird. But there is one thing I want you to leave here today with. That you will fall flat on your face if you try to keep doing this thing on your own. You will. And the Lord, like I said, He'll allow you to do it on your own. He really will. But He'll let you come to a place where you're exhausted. And so why not draw a line in the sand today and say, Lord, I want to start confronting these things with you. I want to let you get into that, that place that's in me. That I won't let you in. I want you to get prepared to just... How do I say it? Step into that. Okay? So, Father, we thank you for the, for the offering, Lord. We just pray that you would, you would bless what gets put in. Uh, and it's given joyfully, just like the Word tells us. That you can uh, show us what it means to just worship you. Uh, to be totally submitted to you in all things, Father. We thank you for what you do. And how you bless us with resources. God, we want to bless you with what's yours. So, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. You guys can pass that. So the reason I have uh, some of my leaders up here right now is I feel as though it has been confirmed that if you got something in your heart that you need prayer for that needs to be healed, that you just want to be done with it, you just want to be done, then I got my, my leaders ready to take care of you in that. 
Now the reason I have them up front is because maybe you have somebody who got your eye on you like, yeah, the Lord's telling me to go get prayed for by that person. See, this is the, the body taking care of the body. Now I got my leaders up here. Now I, they're not the only ones who can pray. If there's somebody, and I left some of my leaders in the congregation because I want you guys to get up and go pray with somebody who's sitting next to you. Uh, and it doesn't have to be this long, drawn out, let me give you my life story and here's what I'm dealing with. No, it's not it. It's that we love each other enough to go to the one who made us and say, Father, we want to do this with you. We want to do it with each other. Amen? So I'm asking that if there's anything in you that needs prayer to approach one of these people while we worship and let them just let the Spirit speak through them and pray for you and man, get after it. Do you have anything? So let's do that. Jared, I'm going to have you just sing. And if at any moment while we're singing, you need to go up and approach one of these people, please do that. And in a moment, I'm going to turn you loose on each other. And if the Lord's putting it on your heart to pray for somebody, I want you to be obedient and get up and just go do it. Amen? So Father, I pray for a release. I pray for courage enough to step into this moment that is healing. So Father, be with us. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Because you not want to be free. Uh, there, there's so much power in declaring something. I just had it spoken to me that there needs to be a declaration of freedom in here this morning. That you can say to the Lord, Father, I declare that I'm free in you. That I'm free in who I am because of who you are. And so if, if that resonates with anybody, I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. But Father, I thank you for that word. I thank you for that understanding, Lord, that freedom only comes through you. And Father, here's what we want to do. Okay, so if this resonates with you, I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, 
I declare my freedom in Christ. I declare my freedom as a child of God. And I now step into that freedom. Yes. See, in Jesus' name, what I want you guys to do is to continue to repeat that every single day. That I am free. That I am a free child of God who doesn't have to uh, answer to the world. You answer to God. You answer to the one who made you. But you don't have to be bogged down by anything anymore. You're free. Go be free. You're released today. You're released to be that, that child. I just, want, I just want you to know that. Come on. Let's sing this. Let's sing this in the, in the freedom that we just declared and let the Lord do more with us right now. Come on now. Yes, Jesus. Shout your praise, yes, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Thank you for the healing that's taking place. God, we don't want to interrupt what you're doing, but Lord, we want to continue in it. So we thank you, we love you, and everybody said. Amen. You're free to go. I'm going to have Jared keep playing here. If you want to stay, if you need somebody to pray for you, approach me, please. <coughs> Excuse me. If there's somebody you know you need to pray for, be obedient in that. But you're free to go. Thank you so much for spending time with us this morning.